Welcome to this week's episode of Esports Wrap. I'm your host, Michael Amargan, and this week we're going to be talking about the Game of the Year Awards. Uh, now, of course, there are games out there that will take the overall spot, but then there are some slightly more technical awards that go out there from like things like voice acting to uh, storytelling to the actual technicalities of the game to uh, <laughs> it even goes down to best uh, game players and hosts and stuff like that for tournaments, so on and so forth. And so what we're, this year, well, well, I should say, this year is a little bit different than before, but they're pretty much carrying a tradition that the Game of the Year Awards is continuing on. They've been having it for a few years now. And depending on where you look, there are different places that give their own quote-unquote awards. But there's one main place that most of us know because they go by the name Game of the Year Awards. So <laughs> we're going to be taking a look at what their picks are and what we think is actually going to win. And this might actually surprise you. Now, I know before the show, um, someone had suggested that one of the show, one of the games was going to be Red Dead or Fortnite. And, you know, that's that's always one that's on the list. And I'm not going to say it's not. But at the same point, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to win. And we also have to keep in mind, Fortnite is a little different within its own rights, just simply because of how it actually works. So, let's see, really quick. Okay, so uh, just trying to get this thing working here. Okay, so uh, White Pancakes, I see you're inside the chat. You are Fanboy Knight Battle Royale. Oh, wait, are you saying that it's fanboyish? Or, because if I remember correctly, inside the WhatsApp group, you were saying you would probably do something if... Uh, Fortnite was actually showed up again. I will say for their picks, Fortnite is not there. Nor is it on Google Play's uh game of the year. Google Play's one is actually PUBG, which is kind of interesting. But that's probably due to the fact that Fortnite is not on Google Play. And <laughs> so probably the one that's rated the highest is one that is, and so that's gonna be PUBG. But that's not game. the Game Awards. The Game Awards quite literally has it so where we see that there are... Let me pull up their own. We have... For Game of the Year, Assassin's Creed, Celeste, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, there are some good picks inside here. I, I'm not going to deny it, but for a lot of people, it's actually been narrowed down a lot more than that. 
it's it's to the point where I dare say most people are actually considering it just being one particular game that's actually going to win this. And that game is going to be oh, God of War. Uh, if I use my one of my uh, co-hosts references. Now, this is Chris now. I'm going to read his uh, his thoughts on his personal pick for game of the year. And that would be. God of War seamless gameplay with no loading screen redefine the entire franchise from action oriented to story or character focused best story for the year which he admits is subjective it has challenging content while remaining very accessible to casual players excellent voice acting uh and he has um striked out kratos renaming atreus boy which had its own set of memes saying boy uh, looks graphically better than every other game out there on the console market. And he's saying to the point that you can clearly see and count Kratos's, sorry, Kratos's pores outside of cinematics. Speaking of cinematic seamless transition of cinematics to game due to the gameplay graphics being cinematic level quality all the dang time uh near movie-like experience replayable despite being a hybrid corridor style open world remade an entire franchise with a minimal re retcons and i want to take a, a pause right there mainly for the fact that oh wait hold on do we do we have an issue Uh, fact that. Oh wait. Oh. oh, apparently we don't. I don't know what's going on. Um. Anyway, so what's happening is, let's use that as an example, and move forward. So we already have something that is on the tier with Breath of the Wild, which won Game of the Year last year. Now. We have something like that inside God of War. Oh, Sadie's 81, thank you for following. Uh, now, here's the thing, guys. Like I'm saying, this is this is pretty much Breath of the Wild quality type gameplay. Now, game di uh, the the actual graphics. Of course it's going to be better because it's not using polygons and it's not using more of that switch type effect where the colors are very switchy like most games on the switch have a particular kind of palette they're rendered a certain kind of way with the ps4 pc xbox admittedly you can typically get much better graphics on these things but you're not really going to be arguing about that because of how they render and the kind of development that actually went into them for the graphics. The reason why I mentioned all of that is to say that when you take a look at something that's going to be on the PS4 and you bring in the dynamics and open worlds and the storytelling that is in God of War, you then have to take that and compare every other game to that. 
and it kind of gets a little unfair to a certain degree. Uh, mainly to the point that, you know, how should I put this? You just have to keep it fair. Now, let me get back to the awards. Like I mentioned, we have Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is a great game from what I've seen so far. I've downloaded, I've bought it, downloaded, played it a little bit, both on Project Stream with from Google and the game itself. And while I haven't gotten far with it, it takes pretty much the Assassin's Creed that we all know and love, add on the origins, dynamics, and elements to it, and then takes it all one step further. Now, that was something that I'd heard from multiple different people. Uh, Chris being one, who is my co-host, like I mentioned, inside our Discord chat from one of our users, Matrix, uh, and a number of other sources, like... The f what they've done is just simply it, it makes it a rival to a degree because there are still flaws within the Assassin's Creed thing essentially you're still doing everything that you've already done previously for the same game it's, it's not really that game changing they've added some extra tweaks they've added some extra story they've improved the graphics God of War, though, comparatively to what it was before, is all leaps, but is has improved by leaps and bounds, and that still has. It's not quite the same because you're, you're looking for a game of the year, but at the same point, the sheer quality of it comes into play. And admittedly, when you take a look at the graphics of god of war versus the graphics of assassin's creed odyssey i would have to say god of war still comes up on top story-wise both of them are very in-depth uh game open worldness i would it's equal for both of them in my opinion just simply because of how much you can actually just roam around not ever see really a loading screen unless you're doing one of the missions and that's where Odyssey starts to take a hit. Because anytime you want to load in to do a mission, or just like you have to change areas based on whatever it is, you essentially have to go through this resyncing loading screen. So it's, it's, hmm, that's already a hit. But overall, Assassin's Creed is a great game, but is a game of the year ready? I, don't think so. The next up that they have on the list is a game called Celeste, which admittedly is a really, really nice game. And it, it takes old school Mario and amps it up to make it a fast paced platformer. And let me show you an example of what I mean exactly. I'm going to play the trailer for this game. And I want you guys to tell me what you think. Uh, I'm not going to do it with the sound because I don't want like any uh, issues to come about with copyright. But this is essentially the game right here. Yeah, pretty much Celeste is a 2018 cup ad. 
and Cuphead is an awesome game. But my favorite part of Celeste, quite literally, is when you start to get to the bosses and to things starting to try and chase you down. Like this part is is cool and whatnot. You can see where it becomes fast paced, and it has different elements to it that make it unique in a sense. And this is around the part right here inside the trailer that things start to change. And you start to see elements almost from like those other 8-bit games that you would have seen from back in the day. Like Chrono Trigger, so on and so forth. Like just the elements of them showing up a little bit here and there. A little bit of like Mega Man, a little bit of Sonic, that kind of stuff. And, like I said, admittedly, the game plays well. It has a good dynamic. Is it game of the year, though? It's admittedly just a perform It's just a platformer. The storyline is okay. And while I would say the music for it helps it dramatically, a lot of these games that are on this list have awesome music as well. So that one's a little, I, I, I still can't give it a game of the year. We've already gone over God of War and my personal thoughts on it is that from what I've seen, from what I've read, from what I've watched, this is a game that gives you multiple layers of depth and <laughs> white pancakes you're, you're right platformers pretty much never really win because there's only a certain amount of depth that you can actually add on to these things and admittedly while there are mario games on this list none of them's a platformer we'll get to those in a little bit though so going back to god of war when we actually start to take a look from anywhere from playing the easy mode to the really really hard modes then the challenge difficulty is always being upped which i mean is the entire point of these challenge modes they're, they're there to make it harder for you and that's one of the things that i loved about certain games that came out this year uh the next one is actually an example of that which is marvel's spider-man Granted, from what I'm hearing, the harder levels aren't as hard as people make it out to seem, but they still offered a an interesting challenge. Ah, speaking of Mario Odyssey, where is Mario? Uh, it's actually not on this list, which is a little surprising. I will admit, I'm a little confused. We have other Mario titles, like I mentioned, but no Odyssey. Let me just double confirm this. When did, did Mario Odyssey come out? That's the reason why Mario Odyssey came out October 27th, 2017. So it had to 
and was rivaled by Breath of the Wild, which admittedly is a superior game in a lot of different aspects. While Mario Odyssey was, of course, fun, not many things back then could have really fight Breath of the Wild. Not a lot of things even now could really fight Breath of the Wild. But Mario, I'm sorry, Marvel's Spider-Man brought back to life a really enjoyable storyline for a beloved character. The gameplay was awesome. Uh, while it did have travel and loading screens, they were interesting. And granted, they were interesting for the first few times you saw them. And after a while, you just kind of stopped watching or paying attention when you're traveling in the subway. And, you know, because this was only like, what, three different cutscenes that they had. Either you are listening to music, you're talking to someone who's in a spider costume or you're doing something else and that was all your cutscenes like there wasn't anything really special else happening in the subway but the storyline that kept developing with marvel spider-man was a really good one like i enjoyed it and the fact that there are dlcs that keep coming out adding more content more story more gameplay make it in my opinion a top contender and I'm glad to say that some of my co-hosts agree. At least with uh, it being a good runner-up to God of War. Though, one game came so close earlier on in 2018. And a lot of people thought this was going to be it. This was going to be Game of the Year. And that was Monster Hunter World. And... There were some flaws with it, uh, connectivity issues for starters, uh, the fact that it took forever to actually switch over to PC, it took literally months, and so you couldn't really do anything with that if you didn't have a PS4, uh, but the graphics in the game, the gameplay, the, the actual like combinations, the fighting styles, the, the maps that they had, and the monster interactions, the fact that they actually had a little bit of AI tuned into that. And, you know, based on where you are, what you're doing, it's actually, the monsters are actually reacting to you just a little bit based off of that. Like when you determine when you're about to swing, things start to move a little differently based off of that. So it, it had a lot of depth when you looked at the actual programming of the game. And while after a while, you would have already gotten all the sets that you wanted. And they started adding some DLC, but it wasn't, I dare say, quality DLC. Like, sure, you can get gold armor from uh, one of the bosses that they brought out for a seasonal. And then other things that came out seasonally for the different seasons, the spring, winter, fall, summer, that kind of thing. They're bringing out content for that, but at the same time, for the most part, what they're doing is just bringing back a lot of the same old events that you would have missed out on. And there's not a whole lot of new content out there. Which is sad. Because a lot of people were hoping that, you know, they'd get continuous play like for years on from when they saw the, the first spring event happen. And... Then the next spring event, and then the next event happened, and it was pretty much the same events. And then the next one happened, and it's the same events, and it's like, 
yeah, I'm not really feeling this anymore. Like, this is boring. Like, I've I've already got a pretty good set. I don't necessarily need to be highest rank. Um, I'm able to fight everything that's out there. Uh, Chilogen is saying that single players have basically died. And I don't know. Because you have to keep in mind that so far, what we've already ranked as the first place and second place within our minds is God of War, which is a single-player game, and Spider-Man, which is a single-player game. And then we take a look at Red Dead Redemption 2, which recently brought out their online beta, which we're going to get into that in a different episode. But if we take a look at the single-player game, the storyline inside of that is actually pretty good up to a point and that's that's kind of where it starts to go downhill because a lot of people say that after chapter five it kind of felt like they had a change of heart while developing the story and the game and things just kind of started to go downhill like it be- just became more of the same Whereas everything up to chapter five was something different, something riveting, some new information, some new gameplay, some something, you know, different than just a regular shooter. And then it kind of changed after that. And so people got bored of it. Um, and so while the storyline's great and single player for it, it quite literally can you can spend hours just fishing, hunting, or whatnot, and it can be quite enjoyable and relaxing. Um, relaxing, Like I mentioned back when we actually talked about the original Red Dead, well, when we talked about Red Dead 2 uh, when it first came out, it's, it's only f- for a certain period of time that you can do that. And after a while, it just becomes monotonous. And that's, that's the sad thing about it, in my opinion. In my opinion. So personally speaking. I wouldn't give Red Dead Redemption to a a, a tier 1 or tier 2. Now White Pancakes is saying single players are stronger than ever. And multiplayers are dying. And so. (laughs) And multiplayer games are too grindy. And you know. I'm finding it where. It's it's an interesting thing because sometimes I find that single player games are actually becoming too grindy as well. Case in point, what I just finished saying about Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, after that uh, chapter 5, then we just kind of started to get grindy. Like the, the gameplay was grindy. So, I don't know, guys. Like, that one's uh, a weird one. (laughs) We need new game companies. While there are always indie games out there, it's just indie games have a harder time actually finding their way into lists like these and people actually playing it and talking about it. Like, Cuphead probably found it pretty hard just to find itself where it is. Like, it had to have a stroke of luck for that. For people to find it, pick up on it, and say, hey, this actually is a pretty good storyline. 
Like I'm actually enjoying this gameplay. So it's it's a little bit more than that. So overall, I personally would actually have to agree with some of my co-hosts and say God of the and God of War. Um, I know that's the pick for Chris. That's the pick for Dawn. I'm gonna have to put that one as mine as well. Spider-Man being my second one. Uh, I think Chris picked that as a second. I'm not sure what Dawn picked. Uh, but I really wish Monster Hunter World had done better, so I could give that my second pick, personally speaking. Now, then we get into best ongoing game. And this one is one that annoys me because it has Destiny 2 inside of it. And Destiny 2 had the means to become a great game. Don't don't get me wrong. It's just and yes, I hear when people say, "Oh, this expansion makes it better." And I thought that too when the, the first two expansions came out and then the third one and then there's the new one and then the the add-on to that and it's like I don't care anymore. I I don't care for Destiny 2 anymore. It has failed me enough. It's it's kind of like a bad relationship at this point. It, it essentially, yeah, they they pulled a fast one making it free. Um, like Destiny Two Forsaken, the thing that brought a lot of people back was Cade dying. And after they finished with that and like avenging Cade, it's kind of like back to more of the same. So, yeah, nah, I'm not going to give it to Destiny 2. Unfortunately, uh, White Pancakes, Fortnite is inside this one. And admittedly, I kind of have to give it to them. Like, so far, I would have to say this is actually my number one because of just how much they've continuously updated their story. The gameplay hasn't changed much. Actually, that's not even true. They continuously improve the the story play so that, for example, they have the situation. <laughs> say, why is Fortnite in it? <laughs> Hear me out, guys. Hear me out. They continuously change up the gameplay wherein they can even rechange the entire map. For example, they had an entire lake that had you that typically was one of the spots where people could snipe you if you're trying to swim through because it slows you down. They then changed it because of a giant cube that fell into it and made the entire thing bouncy. Then changed the cube so that it evolved and made it into that same area becoming a tornado based kind of thing. And like then it there has been so much story inside the multiplayer version of this game that outrivals the story part of this game that is insane and then you take it and the fact that they keep adding in different weapons different mechanics they added in flipping golf carts so that you can get across the map faster. They've added in guided missiles that you can jump on and actually ride around. They've added in trampolines. They've added in uh, 
grenades. They've added in so much stuff inside this game, and they continuously do it season after season after season. It is... It's hard not to give it to it to them as an ongoing developed game. This is a living game, whether you want to admit it or not. Fortnite is, and it's hard to see otherwise. And yeah, Chilogen saying Epic can do anything with their engine, they're gods with it. You can change the stage like No Tomorrow, uh, and you know. Then you've got things like No Man's Sky, which took forever to actually catch on. Quite literally, uh, when that came out, people played it for like a little bit and said, this is trash. And then they did some updates almost like a few months later. And finally, the game's playable. And I've seen some of my friends play it and like my stream friends, I should say, play it. My pancakes is saying that my hate isn't for Fortnite Epic Games is just amazing. I was a Paragon fanboy and I hate Battle Royale. Fair enough. Fair enough. Battle Royale's pretty much going everywhere nowadays. And I can get where you're annoyed by it. But then we have another Battle Royale, which is kind of like a first, play, first person uh, MOBA, which is Overwatch, which is also on this list, which kind of surprises me. But at the same point, it's also still inside the living world aspect of it because they keep adding characters every once in a while they keep adding a few maps every here and there and they keep doing optimizations to the characters to make them viable for comp uh, competitive that's probably the reason why overwatch is in here unfortunately i yeah chilogen you're right overwatch is still a little bit too unbalanced and there's still not enough changes for me to warrant it actually being voted as game of the year for uh well best ongoing game i should say and the last one for it is tom clancy's rainbow six siege which came out uh not so long ago but at the same point it's a good game but it's not as popular as other ones there it hasn't seen as much development it hasn't seen as many changes it's not as i, I dare say it hasn't seen as many um updates as and actually changes as um, Destiny 2. And Destiny 2 is outrivaled by Fortnite, in my opinion. Or would you like to challenge that, Chilogen? Granted, the game could be good, but remember the category. The category quite literally is best ongoing game. Rainbow Six Siege will never die until like the next one comes out. But at the same point, it... How should I put this? It is continuously more of the same, in my opinion. It has great mechanics. It has... It doesn't really have a story. Like, you, you have some story, but it's not, like, big. And the main reason why people play it is for the multiplayer, which has no story. You're, you're just taking over maps. And... Compare that to what... Compare that to Fortnite, what I've already said with that, guys. Like, really? Do you, do you, would you say Siege versus Fortnite in terms of story, gameplay, mechanic changes, and all of that kind of stuff? Children saying, check this out. Siege is in top five in Steam and... Uh, what is that? 100,000k 
player, I'm, I'm going to guess that's 100,000 players in 24 hours. And yes, that's great. But at the same point, we quite literally have the most played game in the world on here. Which is not on Steam, so you can't actually like qualify it. So I don't know guys. Like I, I'm gonna have to give it to Fortnite. They've they've just continuously upped the ante every season. And even if it's just with skins and stuff like that, they they bounce their game really well. When they see changes happening that are just starting to really break it. They switch it out next season and they archive it. And then if they decide to bring it back, they make some tweaks and make it better. So, yeah, it, you hate to give it, but it's they do it well. So, uh, honestly, guys, this I, I have to keep it to Fortnite. I have to. Then they give it best game direction. And... The first game they have on here is A Way Out, which admittedly uh, Chris and I played for a little bit, and it, it has some really interesting mechanics behind it. And it, even when it was first announced back in E3 last year, it made people wonder, because technically you have to have another person to play it, and you guys have to work together. There are quite literally scenes in this where if you don't work together, you can fall to your death, you can get trapped, you can get caught, you can get killed. And you have to start it all over from the last checkpoint. And that gets annoying. <laughs> um, when you keep failing. But the part of it, the, the whole thing of it is team building. And that was, that was something that no one else has really ever focused in on a game like this. Sure, there are, there are things that you need someone else to maybe help you with. But nothing that there's never been a game that you require two people just to play it. At least none that come to my mind. And the story for it is actually pretty good. The graphics for it are nice. Um, I would say this is, so far, my top pick or contender. But then comes, right after that, Detroit Become Human. Which has an amazing storyline, amazing graphics... And the, the choices that it makes you make change the dynamics of the game so vastly that Detroit way bypasses a way out, in my opinion. So that then that, that one becomes my pick for uh, best game direction of the year. We follow that with God of War which has done an amazing job, but at the same point, I'm not so sure it really bypasses Detroit Becomes Human in that aspect. It's a great game overall, but when you take a look at what all's happened and what happens and the choices and stuff like that that can really um, happen with um, Detroit, I it's a little conflicted, but I, I kind of feel like I still should give it to Detroit. Uh, then you have Marvel's Spider-Man, which admittedly their the game direction for it went really well. Uh, but at the same point, there's not a whole lot of choices to make. Uh, the gameplay is pretty static. You find someone, you beat them up, you 
maybe save someone and so you kind of continue with that so i can't really give it to them either red dead redemption 2's single player storyline though that does introduce some moral dilemmas into it and i do like how how should i put this i do like some of the choices that they made when actually developing this game However, I still like the depth of Detroit Becomes Human a bit more than Red Dead. And I'm sad to say that because I actually do enjoy Red Dead. Uh, It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I was hoping Red Dead would have produced more for this game than... uh, what's actually happened and white pancake says quantic dreams is too good at storytelling and children brings up the point that well this is made by the same people who made detroit becomes human and yeah in terms of direction um i'm gonna have to give it to detroit then we get to best narrative and the first one out of the bat is detroit becomes human And this here now becomes a battle for me because God of War is also still on this list. And God of War's narrative was amazing. The fact of the the father-son experience and what's happening, the storytelling and everything like that with God of War, like this one... It's it's a little bit of a tie for me. I'm I'm actually not sure who I can pick. It's either going to be God of War or Detroit Becomes Human for me. So far. On this list, though, we also have a Life is Strange 2 Episode 1 and Marvel Spider-Man, along with Red Dead Redemption 2. I can still say <laughs> that I would probably still give it to Detroit Becomes Human or God of War. And... In terms of narrative. Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I really like Spider-Man's narrative because it was funny. It was quippy. And that's that's Spider-Man. Like, it kept things close to home. It made me laugh at several points. It made me really, like, go into the game and actually say, yeah, this is actually how Spider-Man would react to this kind of situation. And so this is this is a little weird. And like I mentioned, Red Dead Redemption 2's narrative does pretty well but at the same point certain things just become annoying after a while and so the narrative then becomes a little spoiled uh because you get annoyed at certain characters because of how stupidly they are acting and they could have been written better and sometimes they couldn't but at the same point i i just can't give it to red dead like I believe that they they could have handled certain things better with character development inside that game. They did an amazing job, but I still think there was room for improvement when you compare it to something like Detroit or God of War. And Life is Strange 2, well, uh, admittedly, much like you, Pancakes, I haven't really played much with it. So I can't really speak for it. And the fact that I haven't really heard anything about it too much 
kind of speaks its own volumes. It's ha, it speaks its own narrative. There you go. Then we get into best art direction. And we have on this list Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which has some really good graphics. But it's not the best. Like, I can look at these characters and I can still see flaws in the characters, like compared to other games that I've played, other games that I've seen. God of War, for example, which is the next one on this list, actually has some amazing graphics, like Chris mentioned earlier on inside this. And I I have to give it to him, like, so far, God of War is looking like it's the best art. Then we have October, oh, sorry, Octopath Traveler, which is a pretty well-known game at this point, but it's not well-known. How should I put this? The graphics for the game are good, but it's still a Nintendo kind of game. And it's it's almost like a, a slightly 2.5D Chrono Trigger, if I could put it that way. Um, which, of course, was a great game back in its time. But at the same point, like when you're comparing yourself with something like God of War it kind of falls a little bit short. You have then Red Dead Redemption 2 back on this list. And while the uh, the graphics are great and the scenery is nice, there are... I don't know. I uh, Graphic-wise... I still kind of have to give it to God of War just by a little bit, just because of the, um, the amount of detail that they put into it. Red Dead has some great detail as well. And when it comes to the main character, you can quite literally see a lot of the, uh, the stuff behind it. But I don't know. It Actually, you know what? I'm going to give it a tie between God of War and Red Dead in terms of art. Um, if it came to more fantasy type of art, then I'd have to give it to um, God of War. Uh, and I don't think, <laughs> sorry, White Pancakes, I, I don't think uh, Odyssey wins this one. Um, like I mentioned, the, the graphic quality is is good, but it's not great. It's not amazing like God of War or I would say even Red Dead. If you take a look at the characters here in Red Dead, and take a look at it in Odyssey. Red Dead beats it. Um, now, yeah, sure. When it comes to modeling Rome and like other places like that, sure. But at the same point, when you take a look at buildings, then God of War has a pretty down pack for the most part. Red Dead really puts a lot of detail into their stuff. And while the is to share vastness of the detail i would say is more odyssey's thing they because of how vast it is they have to dumb down some of the quality so that's that's kind of where it falls in now 
Red Dead and God of War handle both character visuals and environment visuals very well. While AC kind of has to because of like how much it's trying to show off, it can't. So that's the reason why I can't I can't see myself giving Odyssey uh game of the year for this particular branch. Yeah, exactly what Chilogen's saying. So in that aspect, yeah. Now if you want to go into Red Dead Online, the character creation of that sucks donkey butt. Um But the the environment's the same, so it's it still works. Um but if you take a look at the single player game, just because they were able to focus on particular characters, they made the quality for those characters amazingly well. And so yeah, I, I have to leave it to those two so far. Um, the next one was Return of the Obra Din, which uh, was an interesting game. It's it's mainly like black. It's, it's I can't really call it black and white, but it had its own um, artistic flair. I could say that much. So I guess that's why it's it's here. But I wouldn't put it that high up in my personal opinion. Yeah, I <laughs> say that game is garbage. <laughs> My pancake scene is God of War is mad. I was too willing to even look at it. Well, then that's kind of the point of God of War. Like you're you're there to to create war to kill stuff. But if you stopped and you took a look around, the environment is breathtaking. I don't know how else to put it. And the reason why it's there is more than likely because it's uh because of how different it is. It's it's going more of this uh noir type and uh design. But then again, there were quite literally shooters where everyone is pretty much blind and if you take a step, then it uses echolocation and then that's how you find the person's the the other players essentially to shoot them. That I think would be an interesting art design one. Uh, Far Cry it Far Cry Five is on this list, um, but it's it's not on here so far. Uh, when it comes to we're going into the next one, which is best score and music, which is apparently presented by Spotify. Uh, we have Celeste, which we we kind of already talked about, which I mentioned the the music for it was really nice. Um, we have God of War, which had some nice music music as well. Marvel's Spider-Man, which had some music that was interesting, but I wouldn't really give it a win for this one. You have uh, Ni no Kuni 2 with Revenant Kingdom. Uh, I'm... Wait. Mm, I'm, I'm really not too aware of this one. I, I can't really say that. We have Octopath Traveler again, which had some nice music. And then Red Dead Redemption 2, which is more of that nuanced, ambient type of Western music that you would expect from like a cowboy film or some, for the most part, no music at all. Um, I'm saying <laughs> Kingdom Hearts has yet to come out, Chilogen. Like, we can talk about that when that comes out in 2019. 
Um, I'm actually going to have to give it between Celeste and God of War for music, uh, in my personal opinion. Uh, I know White Pancakes, you're saying God of War. And I'm going to, again, say that Kingdom Hearts is not on this list. So please, <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't qualify, guys. It does not qualify. No, Neo, Neo Kuni, from what I've understood about it and from what I've heard from the music, it's not bad, but it's no God of War and it's no Celeste. In, in, in my opinion, at least. Oh my gosh, Chilogen is singing the song, the theme song <laughs> in chat. <laughs> Okay, while he's doing that, we then have Best Audio Design, which is presented by Dolby. Uh, we have Call of Duty Black Ops 4, uh, for, uh, Forza Horizon 4, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2. In terms of audio design, um, it's a little hard because of how well they've done it with Call of Duty in terms of surround sound and whatnot but at the same point i i kind of want to give it to god of war but i don't know i don't know yeah i'm, I'm looking at forza here and it's like forza has almost always had good audio design and yeah I'm I'm probably gonna say Forza Horizon Four, guys, with this one as my vote. When it comes to best performance uh, awarded to individual for voiceover acting, motion, and/or performance capture, we have Brian DeCart as Connor in Detroit Becomes Human, which he did a pretty good job for the role that he played. I'm not gonna lie. Then we have Christopher Judge as Kratos. Sorry, Kratos in God of War. I don't know why I keep calling him Kratos. Um, who has done an amazing job for God of War. Though I will admit him consistently using the term boy annoys me for some reason. And so like I want to do that against him. We have... Masalaneth Mahout as Cassandra for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And she does a pretty dang bang on job when it comes to her voice acting. Um, whether she goes up against Kratos? I don't know. That one seems... That one's a tough one for me. Because while Kratos doesn't have a whole lot of depth and emotion into it, when you really listen in, it does. If that makes any sense at all. Like you can tell when something's painting him. And that's that's very weird because it's it's a more monotone type of voice. But you can still feel the pain that comes through with it. And so I think he did a really good job with that. Whereas you have Cassandra, who's just as she's feeling it, she's letting you hear it. And so it's 
uh, it just flows. And so maybe I'm going to give it to her instead of Kratos. Um, but I don't know. That one's still a, that was a little weird for me. Then we have Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption 2, which, you know, he he was okay. The the voice acting for it was good. He did a good job. Would he be better comparatively to Cassandra, though? I don't think so. And then we have Yuri um, Lowenthal as Peter Parker, Marvel Spider-Man. And this one is hard because it sounds like Peter Parker. It makes the quips as Peter Parker. And it makes you feel like it's Peter Parker. Like, it, it's... It makes you feel like it's Spider-Man. His voice fills that role for me. And so it leaves me with a hard choice. And I'm not sure. I'm. This one's going to be controversial, but I kind of want to let my feelings go with this one and say Peter Parker. Thank you for following. Uh, Barrier Vanos. Uh, let me know if I said that correctly or not. By the way, welcome to the stream. <laughs> um, hey, we got someone else saying agreeing to Peter Parker for voice acting. That's great. Um, and I got the name right. <laughs> now with the next. Uh, category that we have for the game awards say oh pineapple pizza um hmm. only when people aren't watching then i might try it still jokes better than all the other spider but i mean peter parker is based off of stale quippy sometimes really bad pun jokes like that's that's the character so the fact that he's uh, and the the quality of it, I mean, granted, that goes to more as the writers than anything, but he pulls them off well. So, yeah, it's I, I still have to give it to Peter Parker. Um, The next category is games for impact, which, you know, they're supposed to be thought provoking, profound, pro-social meaning or message. And the first one is one that admittedly I haven't heard about. It's eleven eleven memories retold. <laughs> White pancakes wants to fight. My new follower battle, sorry, battier, for because uh, he doesn't agree with pineapple on pizza. Say so why not put put <laughs> why not put apples? Hey, you may actually start a trend then, children. You never know; it might actually taste nice. I mean, they have candied apples and everything like that, you know. You never know. Um, but yeah, eleven eleven memories retold. While I get the feeling of uh, that this is a pretty like heartfelt game, the fact that I haven't really heard about it too much is kind of a bad thing. And the thing about it is, it's made by Bandai, in a sense. Um, Digisarts, um, Ardman Animations and Bandai Namco Entertainment, 
and it has a 8 out of 10 star rating on Steam, but granted, it's only got 25 reviews. So, yeah, that's not really the the best idea. Um, then you've got Celeste, which, I mean, it has an interesting story. Um, it is essentially saying proving that you can accomplish anything. Uh, Florence, I have actually not really played it, but apparently it's an interactive story about love and life. Then you've got Life is Strange 2, Episode 1, and then The Missing, J.J. Macfield, and The Island of Memories. Because Celeste is the only game that I've actually heard of from this list, I'm kind of leaning more to giving it to Celeste than anything else. Uh, which is a shame, because these other games might actually be better than it when it comes to that heartfelt wrenching or telling us like a a purpose-filled story behind it to like you learn something and it helps improve you as a person i i just simply don't know uh but when we come to best independent game and this is where the indie games come in uh white pancakes we have celeste we have dead cells which is an interesting game within its own right. And it's more of, uh, how should I put this? It has, hmm. uh, let me, let me read the definition of the game for you. It is a roguelike Metroidvania video game developed and published by Melvin twin. Uh, now when you actually go on steam, Oh, by the way, they say it's some Souls light uh, elements to it. Uh, you grew up with the roguelikes. Witness the rise of the roguelikes and even the birth of the roguelite lights. And that first sentence is kind of like, what? Uh, we'd like to now present for you the consideration of Roguevania, the illegitimate child of Rogue Elite, Rogue Legacy, Binding of Isaac, Enter the Gungeon, Spelunky, etc., and an old school Metroidvania, Castlevania's S, uh, S-T-O-N and its ilk. Uh, yeah, it, it seems like it's an interesting platformer game. So it kind of goes against, uh, Celeste in that aspect. But at the same point, uh, and don't get me wrong, this game has some great reviews. It's 9 out of 10, and it has over 25,000 reviews on Steam. But, I don't know. The fact that I've heard of Celeste, and I haven't heard of Dead Cells too much, as much as I have heard of Celeste, mm, that's not necessarily a good thing for best indie game, in my opinion. And of course, you guys are free to you know, give me your own opinion. Considering that Celeste only has, it has a 10 out of 10, but it's only got four, almost like 4.7 thousand games. Okay, so Chilogen saying uh, Dead Cells is quality, but compare that to Celeste. 
And that, that's what we pretty much have to do. We cannot rate them just by themselves. We have to rate them based on the other games that are in the, the running, essentially. I do like the, the smoothness of the character design for uh, Dead Cells versus uh, Celeste. I will not deny that. In terms of best quality, though, well, best indie game, this is essentially the next game of the year, but not for a AAA company. This is for an individual developer. So this becomes game of the year for indies. So which one would you say is game of the year, essentially? We have Into the Breach, which is an interesting one. Um, it's almost more or less another one of those uh, end of the world type games. Um, which, you know, this one, this one's actually a really good one as well. Nine out of ten and has close to, well, four th well a little bit over 4,000 reviews as well. And the the gameplay for it is interesting. It's more of a uh, turn by turn in a sense. So that's an interesting point of view for it. Uh, we <laughs> we have Return of the Obra Dinn again. Um, I'm I'm already crossing that one off, personally speaking. And we have the Messenger, which. Has some really interesting character designs. I'm not gonna lie, but I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like they could have put a little bit more effort into the game and made it a little better than a mix between Chrono Trigger and uh, Terraria in design, like. I, I'm not gonna lie like the the backgrounds and like the story and stuff remind me of Terraria like it's it's not the best Terraria is a great game uh but the quality in it's kind of crap when you take a look at um actual like graphics for a day and age it's great as an 8-bit type of game and this is not really 8-bit like this is more 1632 bit from the way how they're, they're trying to make it look and i don't know i don't know I, I probably would have to give it to between celeste and dead cells in my personal opinion um when it comes to best mobile game <laughs> guess what's also on this list guys that's right florence ah you thought i was gonna say fortnite Actually, yeah, Fortnite is, of course, on this list as well, guys. So guess who's probably going to end up getting it? On this list, we, of course, have Donut County, which, I mean, it's an interesting-looking game. Though, I mean, when you first hear it, hear it, you pretty much just think it's another game that you're going through and you're just cooking stuff and, you know, stuff like that, which it's not really based on, but... It, it's its own little interesting story. Florence is on it, and mobile does not necessarily have to be garbage white pancakes. Come on. Uh, I probably will give Florence a chance after this, sometime throughout the week, um, when it comes to 
how it plays on mobile and stuff whatnot. Fortnite and PUBG are both on it. PUBG has had issues from inception. I'm not going to give it top one just simply because of how poor it's actually been. Um, and Fortnite, the quality of the game is there. The playability of the game is a little harder, though. And that's been something that's been the case since inception when it came ported over to mobile. People found it a little bit harder to actually play. Um when it came to moving around and switching between stuff and so on and so forth. And I agree. PUBG took way too long uh, to actually get over on this side of the world with their mobile game. They were in China for the longest time. Uh, I think it was either China or Korea. One of the two. For the longest time. And they even split off like two different versions of the game. One was air. Sorry, one was um, sea and one was land. And they had it playing like that, and then it finally moved over here to just the basic PUBG, and it's kind of like, yeah, but like the quality is still pretty crap because PUBG's graphics were always an issue. Um, the fact that you can quite, I, I wonder if they've actually ever fixed the the issue where if you turn down your graphics, you can see through the the grass and see people hiding in the grass. Um, but yeah, PUBG. You guys were here longer, but I mean, you guys have had so much time to fix stuff and you just didn't. That Fortnite kind of has to take lead, though we do have Reigns Game of Thrones here as well. And Reigns Game of Thrones uh, is interesting. It's it's not just on mobile. It's on Steam and stuff like that, too where you can get it it's got like 300 ratings or something like that for like 10 bucks um sorry not 10 bucks uh four bucks and has a nine out of ten rating that's what i got confused about um if you took a take a look on the play store it's got a five star rating from over seven thousand something people uh and i mean from the looks of it it seems like it's an interesting game. It doesn't really seem like it's like Fallout Shelter, though. Like, it's... Uh, hmm. Okay, so let me see if I can get... Let me see if I can get this on YouTube so I can show you guys. Stop. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. So, do do do. And here is. I'm going to turn off the sound for this as well. Game of Thrones, the animated trailer, Reigns. It seems more card-based than anything, which is kind of weird. Yeah, the click. That's from me switching from the Switch uh, game earlier.
So, yeah, this essentially seems to be more of a card-based turn-by-turn. I shouldn't say turn-by-turn, but more of a card-based game that's not really like Fallout Shelter. It's not really an uh, an action-based game. It's not really anything like what I've really seen before, which can make it interesting in its own right. But would I give it best mobile game? Nah, sorry. Uh, so that said, Fortnite looks like it's coming out on top for best mobile game. And PUBG, like I mentioned way earlier on in the show, is actually uh, Google Play's top mobile game. But that's simply because, well, Fortnite isn't on Google Play, in my opinion. So there are esports teams from mobile MOBAs. Yeah, you're right. There are. And uh, you have Vainglory, for example. And uh, uh, what was the other one? Path of Glory? No. Why is it not coming to mind? Arena of Valor, that's what it is. Path of Glory is the Chinese version of it. Um... But yeah, then we have best VR and AR games. Oh yeah, Mobile Legends, you're right. You're right. Um, But we've got then best VR and AR games. And interestingly, we have Astrobot Rescue Mission, which is a PS4 game. We have Beat Saber, which... White Pancakes is already saying wins. And in my opinion, I probably believe it will win as well. Um, the sheer hype that has always been behind this game. I mean, you're playing, you're slashing stuff with a lightsaber, guys. Like, this has been the dream, essentially, for years. The hype that's been behind this game, it, it kind of just continues. And the complexity that they sometimes have these people going. It's... It quite literally is Guitar Hero with you waving your arms and slashing stuff. And we all know how much we love Guitar Hero back in the day. We have Firewall Zero Hour, which is an interesting shooter one, but it wasn't really the best. Uh, we have Moss, which was cute and fun in its own right, but still doesn't beat Lightsaber in my opinion. Well, Beat Saber. And Tetris Effect, which is interesting. Like, Tetris Effect is a different way to play Tetris, which has always been an interesting uh, video game. And one that's been very competitive in the past. And, where should I put this? Very mentally challenging. Now you're adding in the complexity of having a Decatron, uh, which is, I think, the highest complexity that you can actually get with, like, I think it was either 14 or 16. Um, lions cleared at once, which is vastly more than what you've got, have got in the original Tetris. Makes the game a lot more complex and interesting. Plus the fact that you can, you can play the game in regular mode and also in VR mode, which... From what it seems like, when you when we uh, someone had a world champion Tetris player, 
play in VR mode, they actually were able to tune in and focus more than when they were playing uh, just on the regular TV. And they, they attributed that to the faster frame rates and the fact that he didn't have to look at anything else and could just focus in exactly on what it was that he was playing. So that was interesting. Um, regardless of all of that, though, I'm still going to give it to Beat Saber. Now, we get into best action games. And the first one on the list is Call of Duty Black Ops 4. And I know there are a lot of people that love their COD. So, I know a lot of people are going to be putting in their votes for COD. That's almost without a doubt. Also on the list is Dead Cells, which we mentioned earlier has some interesting stuff and some fighting. But it's, I, I don't know. I don't know if it really qualifies up there with these other contenders. That said, we do have Destiny 2 Forsaken on here again. So I'm just going to say no to that one as well. And then this is where we see Far Cry 5 as a action game. And of course, then we have Mega Man 11, which also came out. Um, Mega Man 11 is more of the same. Uh, no real changes, just some slightly more complex maps uh far cry 5 in my opinion i would probably give it to just simply because of the sheer amount of stuff that you can actually do uh the different types of weapons the different types of gameplay the story behind it um well the story that you play through it um i know you guys don't really uh <laughs> from earlier it didn't seem like you guys wanted far cry but I kind of feel it actually deserves it for this one out of the other nominations. Then we come to best action and adventure game. And then we have starting off Assassin's Creed Odyssey, followed by God of War, followed by Marvel Spider-Man, followed by Redemption, uh, sorry, Red Dead Redemption 2, followed by Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I'm just going to go and say, give this one to God of War. Uh, <laughs> sorry to say, like, that. Really? You're going to give it to Tomb Raider or Assassin's Creed? Or you're going to give it to Spider-Man for an action-adventure game? Interesting. Why, why, why would you give... But it is action, though. It's action-slash-adventure. Meaning it can be either or. Say Spider-Man action is top tier. To a degree. I mean, there's only certain things that you can do. Um, you've got your suit actions, which are interesting. Um, you've got your swinging, your pulling with the web, your combinations for kicking and punching. And maybe grabbing, well, swinging stuff, I should say. And aside from that, there's not too much else. The rest is like based off of like slams when you're landing and stuff like that. The real thing to it is the suits and the different uh, gadgets that you can use, which I don't know, it makes it 
okay but then when you actually fight against people it's almost very generic in the way they fight sure some do a bit more damage than the rest some have different capabilities like when you go against fisk versus when you go against um wow i forget the guy who does the echo like the sound vibrations um but hmm. You're saying God of War got nerfed compared to uh, two or three with the fight mechanics, dodges, and different environments. You know, you do have a point. But also at the same time, I, I don't want, I also wonder, Spider-Man, when you compare it to the boss fights. Okay, so you've got the, the group fights, the boss fights. Um, You're essentially just continuously using the same stuff. The only real differences are the boss fights and what they're doing. And then you've got God of War, which essentially you're using a lot of the same mechanics as well. Plus, sometimes if you have the the gauntlet, then you can do some more stuff like uh, a little bit of like magic type stuff um, and get some boosts, that kind of thing. Uh, plus, you have Atreus there who sometimes shoots and sometimes helps you kill stuff. And then you've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is Assassin's Creed. This is... When it comes to action, they're pretty much all fairly tied, in my opinion. When it comes down to adventure, I kind of lead more towards Assassin's Creed Odyssey or God of War. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider is not on my list at all. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a possibility, but I kind of doubt it. Marvel Spider-Man is a runner-up, in my opinion, between one of these two. And I'm, I'm probably going to have to say Assassin's Creed Odyssey is probably going to get my bet on this one. Then it comes to best role-playing game. And then we've got Dragon Quest Eleven, Echoes of an Exclu Elusive Age, which, eh, yeah. We've got Monster Hunter World, which I personally really did enjoy until they stopped developing it really and truly. But I, I remember playing hours for that with friends. Um... There's Nino Kuni 2, there's Octopath, there's Pillars of Eternity 2, Deadfire. And yeah, like White Pack Jakes is saying, I'm for an RPG, I'm gonna give it to Monster Hunter. Um Granted, it didn't have as much of a RPG feel to it as I would have liked. Um It still kind of does the does the trick for me. Then we get to best fighting game. And this is where it becomes a little harder. For the starters, we're going to just mix off Street Fighter V. Period. We then have Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, Dragon Ball Z Fighter, Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and Soul Calibur VI. I am going to. How should I put this? 
when it comes to blaze blue it's an interesting game and it's actually fairly well made i, w I won't deny that is it on the level of dragon ball z or soul um caliber in my opinion probably not it's probably like a tier right under tekken in my opinion which is on the par with uh dragon ball z and whatnot um soul caliber though it depends on which mode you're playing on if you're playing with custom characters i'm gonna have to say no if you're playing with default characters then i would say it's probably going to be um between dragon ball z fighter z and soul caliber 6 um the reason why i say no to the custom characters is because that then that creates weird hitboxes and a lot of other little weird glitchy kind of stuff inside of it plus some of these characters are just plain weird so um if i had to give it Mm. This one's a little actually hard for me. I, I I don't know who I'd give it to. Dragon Ball Fighter Z has great character roster. Um the environments, of course, in both the they're kind of still panning across, which is one of the things I really like about Soul Calibur um six and the fact that you actually have a 3D world surrounding you so as you move around the map you can see quite literally all around you plus you have the the stage which dbz well db fighter z has um but db fighter z also has vertical and horizontal fighting where soul caliber doesn't so yeah for this one i'm actually gonna say tie for me i i honestly don't know which one's gonna win between those two i wouldn't expect anyone else but those two to win though. Then we come to best family game. We have Mario Tennis Ace, Nintendo Labo, Overcooked 2, Starlink Battle for Atlas, and Super Mario Party. I am going to have to immediately rule out Nintendo Labo because it's mainly built for kids, not for family. Uh, Overcooked 2 is an interesting one, but I'm also going to have to say no to this. Starlink Battle for Atlas is also kind of a male one. It's so-and-so. Uh, Mario Party, I, I have it. But at the same point, it's also a game that you need to play with friends and family. You can't really play it by yourself. Whereas Mario Tennis, you can play it by yourself and you can play with your friends and family. So, in that regard, I would like to say tennis, but the fact that Party has so much to offer when you do have people make it a toss-up. Like White Pancakes is saying, Mario Party and tennis. So, uh, depending on how they categorize it, it can either be tennis, because then that allows you to play with other people, or if you're looking more for party type stuff, then, well, Mario Party is probably going to be the one that wins. So it depends on exactly how they um, they play it. For, the only example that they give is for the um, best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. So, yeah, it, it becomes a little harder to really define.
Then we have the best strategy game, which has the Banner Sega um, 3, Battletech, Frostpunk, Into the Breach, and Valkyria Chronicles 4. I am going to actually give this one to between Valkyria Chronicles 4 and Frostpunk. The reason why I'm giving it to Frostpunk is because of the, well, the strategy behind actually how you live. Essentially what this game is all about is that you start off in a frozen place, essentially, and you have to build a city while making sure that your people don't die from the elements, from uh, the fact that you are living in, like, a winter wasteland, essentially. And you have to make do, and you have to survive, and you have to strategize for everything that's happening, and so... While I actually do like the Valkyria Chronicles series, I'm probably going to have to give it to Frostpunk just because they they did something a little different than the usual strategy game. Um, and while, you know, Valkyria has some nice stuff, like it's it's still more like a JPG to J, um a role-playing game to me than anything else uh than say uh a strategy game uh then we have best sports and ra slash racing game so we've got fifa 19 forza horizon 4 mario tennis aces nba 2k uh, 19 and pro evolution soccer 2019 now i'm going to just throw pro evolution out of here from the get-go um 2k was good for a while and then as per usual 2k starts to fall off so i'm not going to give it that uh mario tennis aces just simply does not keep up with the rest um between fifa i'm i'm actually probably gonna have to give it to fifa 19 um just simply because of the hype that's always behind the fifa games um forza has always got a good amount of hype as well but you have to keep in mind that soccer is quite literally if i remember correctly the most popular sport in the world and yeah i i kind of feel like fifa's gonna win this one But yeah, like White Pancakes, my top two would be FIFA and then Forza Horizon 4. Then we come to best multiplayer game, which is Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Destiny 2 Forsaken, which is already off. Fortnite, Monster Hunter World, and Sea of Thieves. I am going to say... Wow. I actually don't really want to give any of these multiplayer, if that makes any sense. Um, if anything, Sea of Thieves feels like it gives me more of a dynamic range of things I can do with other people. Uh, Monster Hunter World, I quite literally have to send up a flare to bring my friends into the game. Or have randoms come in. Um, unless I've already started off with them. And even then, like when you're back at base, the only thing you can really do with them is run around, show off your outfits, 
and do an arm wrestling match. Month, uh, that's Monster Hunter World. Fortnite, all you really have is a shooter game with three other people. Unless you're doing one of the, the really special ones that has like 25 or 50 people inside of it. But you don't know most of these people. And so it's, while it's multiplayer, it's not quite the same. Uh, Destiny 2 Forsaken, again, had so much potential, but the chances of you finding friends that are still playing it is going to be hard. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is probably second on my list, actually. Um, I have a feeling Fortnite's going to win it, just simply because. Um, but I would actually prefer Sea of Thieves to probably win this. Just saying. Best student game awarded to the best student project created at a high school or college level. You've got Combat 2018, Dash Quasar, Jera, Leaf, and Recharge. Honestly, I don't know anything about any of these games, so just looking at it, I'm probably going to give it to, uh, wow, um, probably the Leaf which is a France-based um, game. Well, place. Best debut indie game. We've got Donut County, Florence, Moss, The Messenger, and Yaku's Island Express. Now, you remember Yaku's Island Express, and I actually would probably pick this one over the rest, just simply because of how, how weird it is. It's It's got a nice little design to it the actual play behind it is interesting it's still like a little bit of a platformer um but it's fun so i'm i'm gonna give it to yaku then we have the best esports game for the game that has delivered the best overall esports experience to players inclusive of tournaments community support content updates irrespective of the genre or platform We've got CSGO, Dota 2, Fortnite, League of Legends, and Overwatch. Uh, yeah, CSGO and Dota 2 have almost always had the biggest crowd uh, when it comes to how much they've actually worked on it. League of Legends has been pretty big as well. Um, those, I would say, are the top three when it comes to esports. Fortnite, as an esport, is still being developed, and it's not quite there. Epic Games is still working on it, and while there have been tournaments, they have not really been the best ones because all you're doing is, uh, how should I put this, fighting randomly and then scoring to see how well you have matched up, which can be unfair because you can be played, placed against better players in one grouping than the other person who's in a different grouping. So it doesn't really seem fair, in my opinion. Um... If I look at esports earnings as well, uh, the top game, let's see, is Dota 2 followed by Counter Strike Global Offensive. So, based off of that, I'm probably going to have to say Dota 2. Uh, 
even though technically, yeah, you know, League of Legends kind of came from Dota 2 anyway, and Dota 2 came from StarCraft, so, yeah. Let me get into things like best esports players, um, best esports team, uh, the best esports coach, best esports event, host, uh, moments, uh, content creator of the year, stuff like that. I'm not really going to go over those guys. Um, I would like to say, you know, I, I do want to give props to Sonic Fox and Cloud9 for the stuff that they're doing. I probably think those two are going to win, but I'm not going to get into anyone else. Um, but yeah, that is what, uh, my thoughts and some of my host thoughts and some of your thoughts as to what are going to be the game of the year for the awards. Now, whether those will actually be the case, we'll find out December 6th when the announcement actually goes live. So make sure you tune in then. And don't forget guys, esports wrap is on tuesdays at 6 8 p.m eastern standard time uh we have another show called more tech which is typically on thursdays 6 30 p.m eastern standard as well uh where we talk about technology and stuff like that uh we have a returning host for the next episode hopefully and um if you missed any part of this episode we of course will have it recorded and edited and uploaded to youtube at youtube.com slash more cookies m-o-a-r cookies we're going to have it on morecookies.com, M-O-A-R cookies. We're going to have it on our podcast, which you can listen to on pretty much anywhere from Google uh, Podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, uh, yeah, Pocket Cast, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And uh, until next time, guys, take care.